0: All right, this is Brent Leary, and with me today is Adam Bosworth, who is the EVP of the IoT Cloud for Salesforce.com. Adam, thank you for joining me today. And thank you for having me. So we're here at Dreamforce, and amongst the many (laughs) announcements that came out is the IoT Cloud. So we're going to dig into that a little bit, but before we do, maybe you can give us a little bit of your personal background.
1: Uh, Sure. I'm an industry veteran. I started... um software building a startup that I sold to Borland, built Quattro for Borland, went up to Microsoft, built Access, built ODBC, built a lot of the client server platform, put VBA in Office, (coughs) built Internet Explorer and active server pages, and put the first DOM in for Ajax and built XML. Did a startup for cloud computing, sold it to BA Systems and built Workshop, went to Google, um, ran uh, as as engineering VP Ran Gmail, built Calendar, um, built Spreadsheets, mostly basically built Google Docs, and then went off to do another startup in 2007, and then joined Salesforce about two years ago. I got to
0: give a special shout out then because I was actually in the very first class of the VB certification uh, program. Mm -hmm. This is like 1994. Yeah. So I, I, wow, I, I use a lot of your stuff in my uh, right, former right. days of, as a developer, mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool. Thank you. Um, maybe we can talk from the very beginning about just the your description of the IoT, the Internet of Things, before we
1: even get into the cloud. Sure. So we have a lot of companies that are trying to do two things. They're trying to become customer-centric. They're hearing very clearly from the customers that if they're not about the customer and they're not up to date with the customer, and if they're not Proactively helping the customer to take advantage of opportunities or solve problems, <clears throat> they're going to lose that customer to another customer. So they're trying to become customer centric companies. Part of that is becoming connected and not just selling a good anymore, but selling a service, not just selling an HVAC, but selling a connected HVAC, not just selling a car, but a connected car. And so most companies have, have figured out that part of their arsenal of becoming, a, you know, transforming their companies to become connected is, is adding an IoT component to what is already a pretty connected world because the mobile phone is already a very connected way to interact with and learn about your customers. Yeah. When you think about the internet of people or
0: customers, people to people interaction and collaboration, uh, and when, as people use devices, you have people to device collaboration and how they use those things to, do, to create better experiences for mm-hmm. themselves. Now we're talking about device-to-device communication and how that can impact uh, customer relationships from a business perspective. How difficult or how different is it uh, to leverage Internet of Things compared to the internet when it comes to building customer relationships? Well,
1: I don't think it's the Internet of Things that actually makes it harder. It's got significant volume. Most of our customers actually have, you know, um, up to a billion to 10 billion events a day coming in. But the truth is, if you're tracking the location on a lot of mobile phones, you can get it just as many just from that. Mm-hmm. So while the scale is big, <laughs> sometimes a little daunting, I don't think that's the main main issue. The main issue has been, how do you take advantage of it? You know, we, we talked to a lot of customers that have spent even tens of millions of dollars wiring themselves up and writing their own big data with their own army of very expensive, hard to keep people they've hired. Only to look around and say, well, have we transformed our business? Are we customer centric? Are we delivering a different customer experience? And the answer is no. And then they go, whoa, something went wrong. Sort of a field of dreams mentality. (laughs) you know, Build it and they will come. And that's really been the issue that we hear very consistently is that people are kind of starting the wrong way around. Instead of asking themselves, how do I transform the experience my customers have with me, and my employees, for that matter, have with me too, they're sort of saying, if we connect, everything will be solved and you do need to connect but I'll I'll give you two stories just to sort of explain the good and the bad So my wife's car is connected and the engine light went on the other day and she expected the dealer to trigger automatically an alert in her app to say hey I've looked at your calendar because it's on the phone you know we see times you're free we know that your car is having a problem and here sometimes you could bring it in click once to pick the one you want we'll have a rental ready what she got was call get on the phone, be on hold. The dealer said, I'm sorry, I don't know what's wrong with your car. You have to bring it in. We have two weeks away from having an appointment. And meanwhile, she's got a four-year-old kid who has to go to school Mm -hmm. and a car with an engine light saying, do not drive. You know, that gap in expectations is enormous. And it came out of them having a connected car. In fact, the moment you do connect, you set those expectations. So that was a bad experience, right? There was a company that had a huge divide between what they knew and what they were doing. Conversely, she had a birthday two months ago and she was reading a really old book I'd given her and the pages were falling out as she read them, starting to fall out before she read them and I got online, rushed a book to her from Amazon to come in on her birthday on Tuesday, came home early Tuesday afternoon, checked Uber because we don't drive her anymore to get to the restaurant, checked Open Table, I had the res- reservation at Kakari, go outside to look for the book, no book, and I'm kind of shocked. I look down at my mail on my phone, and there's this piece of mail, which talks right to what you just said, saying, we're really sorry, your product was damaged in shipping. We have rushed you a new copy, and it will be there tomorrow morning. And I think about that, and that was device to device. What happened is someone recorded the device, you know, on some little portable, FedEx or UPS. This was damaged in shipping. Signal goes up to Amazon, a smart piece of software catches that signal. Software checks my lifetime value, which is pretty good. Um, looks to see if the book's in inventory. It is, given my lifetime value. Figures out the fastest way to deliver it to me because there, it's a moment that delights. And it's San Francisco, and sure enough, incredibly, at 10 o'clock the next morning, it was there. And so even though it wasn't there on our birthday, you couldn't be angry. They'd solved my problem before I even knew I had a problem. I didn't have to get on the phone. I didn't have to wait. I didn't even have to mm-hmm. click a button. And you know, that's every one of our customers wants to deliver that experience. But the heretofore, it's been really hard for them. So the IoT problem to me has not been, how do you instrument, how do you connect? The problem has been, what are you going to do to change the relationship you have with your customer and your employees? Because not infrequently, you will also need to bring an employee in the loop. If your car breaks down on the highway, not only do you want the dealer to say that, but you want the dealer to say, or the, someone to say, we've organized a tow truck for you. And Somebody's on their way. And you can see how far away it is, yeah. just like you can with Uber. And by the way, we've organized a ride for you. Um, Right? And um, we've connected to your insurance company. So, that change in expectations gives you a huge opportunity, but it also gives you a huge responsibility. And a
0: huge uh, need to make sure you're meeting the the growing expectations of customers as they get used to having those kind of scenarios. They're gonna expect every company they deal with to be able to look at them and help them that
1: way. And I think that's what gets lost, is people's expectations track what's possible. And until it was possible, they didn't expect that. Until it was possible, they expected to be on hold. They expected to be queued up at the airport asking how to rebook. But once it became possible, everyone doesn't expect it. Just, you know, as before we had mobile phones, we didn't expect you could reach us at any time, and now we do. And so once that expectation changes, not only do consumers request it. Lest we forget, every employee is also a consumer. They're learning from their consumer experiences. So even as employees, they expect to get that level of proactive support, and reminder, and help that they're you know now starting to get from the better, right. you know, um, new consumer services. So the expectations are very high, and that is is profoundly reshaping the, the community. And lastly, the mobile phone has really accelerated this because on the phone you want information to come to you. You don't want to go to it. You don't want to be browsing dashboards. You want meaningful actionable notifications to come to you whether they're helping you solve a problem or take advantage of an opportunity. So how does the IOT cloud help
0: businesses create those kind of experiences that customers are expecting today
1: or if not today very near in the future. So we did three things really number one we looked at what do you need as context if you're going to make decisions like the one that Amazon did, you need a lot of context. You need to know what's the lifetime value of this customer. You know, Are they trending up or trending down? If they're driving the car, is the engine oil running hot and trending up or trending down? Is the you know, engine, whatever those issues are, you need to have a 360 profile. About everything and that 360 profile needs to be relatively up-to-date from all those signals that are coming from mobile events, they're coming in from um, mobile location, and, and they're coming from IoT. As well as web clicks, although I think mobile is is moving to become the more dominant source. So you need to have essentially big data, because you've got billions of these a day coming in, and potentially, you know, we have some customers with two and a half billion profiles, and they want to keep those up to date. So the first thing we did is we made that easy. You know, that's what Salesforce does. We try and we call it a metadata-driven platform, which is a fancy name for allow mere mortals who are actually the business people, the kind of people who build spreadsheets or animations in PowerPoint or whatever, to drive and control. And transform and customize the business in a super agile way. Nice. So we did exactly that for big data. So you, anyone could build profiles across silos of data, and streams of massive events coming in. What are many mass, many streams of events, many silos of data, all coming together in 360 profiles about the device, about the dealer, about the product, about the, the customer, about the employee. Um, Secondly, we've coupled it up to a very high-speed rules engine, a rules engine that can actually process those 5 billion events a day in real time, taking as context those 360 profiles, taking as context what's already happened. Because sometimes, if, for example, you've already opened a service case, don't open another one. Now you know you've dealt with it, wait for good news. Conversely, if you think everything's hunky-dory, the car is great, and then you get 10 signals in a row saying the car is actually bad and getting worse, act fast, open the case, alert the driver, potentially even tell them to pull over. So we gave you not only a very powerful rules engine, but a rules engine that was contextual and smart about which rules should run when, we call that states, and extensible in the sense that programmers can extend what you do, but very much focused on 90% or 95% of the time, the same admins who basically customize and configure. Salesforce could customize and configure the logic for proactive engagement, because you have to experiment. You don't, when you're starting to try and engage with customers and engage with them, you don't, I mean, even with Amazon, you don't know which of those things is most important. Does it really have to be rushed the next morning or, or not? Is there a back off period or not? So you try lots of things and you look what's working. So we built a really, really powerful high speed rules engine. So those were two big things mm-hmm. make it easy to collect and aggregate the context at very high speeds across very large amounts of incoming events and data, and da- digest into meaningful 360 profiles join that in with a rules engine that using that as context and all the incoming events as context or time, because sometimes they're just time-driven events, um, did the right thing. And then we plugged all that rules engine directly into everything you can do in Salesforce so that you can effortlessly create a case, you can effortlessly start a process flow in App Cloud, you can effortlessly send mail or text or wechat or whatever through marketing cloud if you're reaching out to my daughter it will be facebook messenger if you're reaching out to my son in beijing it will be wechat if it's me it would be mail or sms and so you have to know and then we built enough profile information in there that you can learn from which engagements are working that you start to connect to the right people in the right way mm. if you're re- if you're reaching out to dealers and and people talking about a problem like engine overheat then you post on the community board if you start to notice that this vehicle is consistently starting to report these. Um, If you have a key employee you want to activate, you post on Chatter or you create a a lead. So all of that is built in. So all of the power of Salesforce Cloud, or if you want to start building the right analytics for what's working and what's not, you post it into Wave. And if none of that works, we're building a model where Heroku can build any connection you want to any app, and you can post straight through that, and you can still do it as a business user. You don't have to learn how to write REST APIs. You don't have to learn how to code. They just show up as things you can output to from the rules engine and you go straight to them. So really the power of Heroku opens up anything else that Salesforce Clouds didn't already enable. So this is a, it's really a whole new world. It's a platform.
0: Uh, It is a platform. Uh, What are the best ways for companies who are kind of more traditional in nature in the way they're interacting with their uh, customer base, what, what are some of the best ways that they can actually get started in putting this to work for them?
1: Well, I think always you want to do two things. You want to ask, how can I run my business more efficiently? And how can I have happier customers? And there's usually some pain point. There's some area where the employees are not well informed, or the customers are not well informed, or both. And usually where it's both, it's particularly bad because it creates very expensive processes where your employees are tied up, the customers are tied up, and nobody's happy. So you know, normally I'd say start with those. Start with the, the worst pain point. Start with those things where simultaneously people have to synchronously communicate with each other. It's really hard. It's a frustrating process. I had one of those this morning walking in, because a mobile app that I have wasn't letting me do something. Mm-hmm. And I was bounced to two phone calls and two holes, trying to get it fig- figured out, because I couldn't just connect, hit, You know, help me solve this on the phone from the app and see what I needed to do. That's not OK. <clears throat> and I have a significant account with these guys. it's like, how could that be true? Don't you understand customer service now? Um, and it's because I, you know, I have a phone that won't let me simultaneously run the app and be on the phone. So calling them doesn't work. They say, use the app. And I say, I can't use the app. I'm on the phone. And you know, then they say, well, get another phone. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So you know, that concept, you find the pain points. You find those areas where, really, as an enterprise You're most inefficient and it's causing the most customer pain and employee pain and cost. And start with those because those normally are the sweet spots for starting to ask can we re engineer this in the kind of way that I described with Amazon to start automating the solution, the process, noticing there's a problem, right? And if it's, you know, like I said, if it's a car, you're automating what happens from the car engine. And this is just to make sure that by the time you know that the customer knows there's a problem, you know there's a problem, and you've already written software to start to help them.
0: The blinds that IoT seems to be blurring the lines between sales and service and marketing. It's kind of, all the interactions are blurring, and and the end result is just the experiences that a customer Mm -hmm. has and the expectations that they have for more, uh, better services. Can you uh, maybe talk about how quickly do companies today have to adopt this this approach and this methodology before you know when Salesforce got started and SaaS. It took a while. It took a while for companies mm-hmm. to really adopt it. Uh, social media. It took a while for companies to adopt it. Uh, what kind of uh, ad- adoption time do customers? I mean, do companies really have today in order to meet the expectations and, and deliver on some of the
1: things that you talked about? So the companies I'm talking to feel under the gun. And they feel under the gun because there's more money going into more startups to try and disrupt these companies than ever before. And those companies are not hard, you know, hampered by legacy. Those companies are moving very fast. If you're a bank, you're looking at any number of startups that are now starting to help people move money around without the bank. And you're very alarmed because you know, suddenly they're delivering a better level of customer service than you can. I mean, for example, when I go and use Apple Pay at Whole Foods, boom, I see on my mail, what I just did, mm-hmm. and you know that, or I use you know um, Square in my taxi. Boom! I see that on my mail. That mm-hmm. level of proactive notification is very impressive. So financial companies are feeling this. If your um, you know health company are starting to ask questions, get really hard questions asked because patient satisfaction is starting to be something that you're measured by as a provider institution. It depends if you're a very fat and safe monopoly and you really don't think you can be disrupted you're fine, but almost none of our customers are actually seeing that. What they're seeing is there's a ton of very bright people with more money being sent, given to them right now than ever before, and also much more velocity. Because there's so much software sitting out in open source now, and the cloud is such a prolific and powerful way to build scalable software so fast, the speed and and actually even the cost of which you can actually build something that disrupts even a really big company's business model is startling, right? Uber didn't exist five years ago. Now it's a $50 billion company, and I use Uber. I walk to work. You would think I would use Uber almost never. I'd use Uber 2.3 times a day on average. Wow. Uh, you know, if I go out to dinner with my wife, I use it. Because I don't have to park, I don't have to think about parking. So that level of change happened almost instantaneously, really, in the grand scheme of things. And think what that's doing to whole industries. You know. So it's happening really quickly, where if you don't figure out how to be the connected company for your customers, and a customer centric company for your customers. At best, you'll be an aggregating service supplier in the customer experience someone else controls and at worst, you won't even be a player. So Adam. there's a lot of pressure.
0: Adam, thanks for your time. Thank you. And you. Uh, where can people go to learn more about the IoT Cloud?
1: Uh, that's a good question because we just launched it. Um, we're gonna have to put some stuff up on the Salesforce site about it. Um, right now, probably the best thing to is just um, go to Google and look up the IoT Cloud um, talk to, look at this article, um, but we will get some stuff up very quickly on the Salesforce site describing the IoT cloud. We're still only in the, in the mode where we're taking customers one at a time. Okay. For the first half of um, next year, we're taking them on, um, we'll probably have about 30 to 40 of them, maybe 20 by middle of the year, and then we'll open up the doors, but until then we're picking the customers carefully based on sort of, strategic fit. Um, you know, how motivated are they to transform their company? Mm-hmm. and if they are we're here to help and be their partner
0: but maybe one quick word about the yeah. microsoft partnership because that was really a, a big piece of uh, the keynote and looking at how you and salesforce and microsoft work together
1: yeah that was interesting we have a good partnership microsoft um had you know enormous number of events which are the office 365 events they had a clear desire which was to both do a better job of retention and loyalty with the office 365 customers do a better job onboarding people from office to it and then do a better job cross-selling. All of that involves watching like a hawk all of the events coming in and then responding fast in real time and intelligently to what the users just did. But again, we were dealing with billions of events a day and actually 2.5 billion profiles. They know how to capture the events. They have something called the Azure Event Hubs. They could put them in a queue. They even knew how to generate the profiles from the big data um, unlike most of our customers because they have their own engine but they still needed to harness it. It's no good to have the data and the events, you know, it's like the tree in the forest that no one hears if you don't engage, if you don't transform your business. And so the partnership was teaming up with Thunder, so those events in that profile data stream into Thunder, and then the Thunder rules engine is running the intelligent rules with the context of the data that came from Microsoft's profiles now in the Thunder profile store as context to start generating all the right engagements through Marketing Cloud, primarily in this case, and often sometimes back to Azure Event Hub as well. So it's a great partnership. They've worked really well with us. We've had a great time together. It's kind of, a, you know, I think we're all a little surprised at, at how well it's gone, um, but it was a canonical case of them saying we need to change to be a more rapidly responsive customer-centric company because we're now connected. Connected not in the IoT sense, but the mobile act- activity sense. Every time you do anything in Office 365, now they knew, unlike the old days of Office, the software. And once you know, customers expect you to deliver that level of proactive, intelligent, responsive service. And that means you have to now start to build an engine to react in real time in the face of billions of events a day. And you know, that was new for them. They were a software company.
0: And I think these kind of partnerships that you have, Microsoft and others, are going to help everybody take advantage of kind of what you just laid out today.
1: Yeah, I think think that, you know, both of us are learning a lot. We'll probably go to market together quite a lot um, because there's plenty of people who use Azure and .NET. And you know, we, we built a model to directly read from those. We, we have our own model for storing big events um, called Kafka, which is a big um, event service bus. But we actually can now read directly and write directly to Microsoft's Azure Event Hubs, and we're happy to do it. It's, it's a very robust system. And it works well for us. Thank you.